and talk. Listen, talkers around the table today discuss the arrows of time. about the nature of time and constantly ask exactly what is time we'll discuss it from perspectives of cosmology quantum physics philosophy potentially neuroscience computer science biology thermodynamics and common sense we'll ask ourselves whether time can move backwards or forwards at a pace different from what we know time an illusion and what exactly is entangled space time what is time for a crow potentially and we'll wonder if time travel is possible and if it is then what is easier to travel to the past or the future we are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers around the table today professor jayant narlekar who's a cosmologist and has all along supported the idea of a universe without a beginning he is the founder director of ayuka in pune professor kriti ramamritham who's a professor of computer science and engineering at iit bombay and is very interested in all aspects of time both inside and outside a computer and professor cecil roy who's a professor of theoretical physics and is interested in quantum mechanics cosmology and philosophical pro- problems related to time and its arrow he is currently with nias in bangalore giant maybe we set the ball rolling with you to ask the simplistic question of what is time um, both in a more common sensical kind of way and as it keeps getting more layered and profound yeah. where what are the problem areas what are the non problem areas maybe we started from there and we'll take it from there well the simplest of questions are the most difficult to answer <laughs> so since you said about what is time what is time i don't think i have the answer to that but it's a good beginning <laughs> but uh, i have been interested in the what what's called the asymmetry of time okay or arrow of time <clears throat> these uh, issues Uh, had uh, troubled me right from my uh, graduate student days when i was uh, fred hall student in cambridge right how long back was that oh you take me back in time to uh, somewhere around 1963 okay because that was the year uh, i had just finished my phd thesis mm-hmm. and was waiting for examination right uh, and i was invited to a uh special conference mm-hmm. select conference i should say because mm-hmm. only 15 people were invited right and it was by tommy gold in uh, cornell right and its topic was exactly what you had put the nature of time right and right. we had some philosophers some physicists right. cosmologists and our idea was to keep talking around the table uh-huh. and see if we can get arrive at some consensus right and also uh, inform ourselves more right so there i was uh, in involved with this question of 
whether there is a connection between arrows of time uh-huh. in cosmology, in electrodynamics, uh-huh. and in thermodynamics. Right. And that kind of uh, uh, relationship was something much more tangible to try to answer. Right. Then the questions like, what is time? Why is it reversible? Right. Right. Or not reversible. Right. Depending on how you talk about it. So what is the thermodynamic arrow of time? Why is it called thermodynamic? Well, thermodynamics is uh, the subject which has come out of uh, how the injection of heat... Heat transfer. Uh, ...makes... Uh, uh, things move, or since it's a source of energy, right? Uh, how it affects bodies, and that kind of uh, uh, discussion, uh-huh. which led to a lot of interesting results in the 19th century, uh-huh. uh, and uh, like laws of thermodynamics, and subsequently uh, even in the present century, people began to. S- see some parallelism between the thermodynamic laws and laws of black hole physics. Right. All kinds of interesting things have come up. Right. Which people, I don't think people have understood the final or bottom line yet. Right. But they are still... But at a commonsensical laymanish level rather than commonsensical, one wonders what the link between time and thermodynamics could be. And what does heat... Yeah, well, thermodynamics... You can say that if some things are happening, right? Let, let us uh, give the example of you are heating something in an oven. Yeah. So you have heaters in the inside the oven. Yeah. And it's all sealed up so that no heat is allowed to escape. Right. So initially, a lot of heat is being supplied. Yes. But if you have fixed some kind of a thermostat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means the temperature should not rise. Exceed a certain level. So at that time, the system is uh, receiving energy and then giving out. So there comes a stage when there is an equilibrium. Okay. And that means how, as much heat is received in a given part of the oven as is coming out as from is water. Right. And when that thing happens, you can assign a temperature to the... Uh, the one inside the one right. when you say 450, 500. Right. That is what you mean. Right. So now the question is, uh, does this process operate in symmetric way or asymmetric way? What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like this, that supposing you have two bo- two bodies. Yeah. You can say two ones if you like. Sure. And you connect them by a tube. Right. Then heat flows from higher temperature to lower temperature. From the source to the sink, yeah. almost. So it is one way. Yeah. But you don't see uh, tem- this thing, temperature. Yeah. I mean, heat flowing from low temperature to high temperature. Right. So there is something uh, different about it. There is an asymmetry, if you like to call the it. The systemic temperature rises as opposed to it falling. Is that the point? Yeah. One doesn't get cooler. But, uh, but I can confuse you further by, <laughs> by bringing in astrophysics. Okay. Please this go ahead. Just, this just shows how things get interesting mm. uh, as you bring in gravitation. Right. Supposing you have a hot star and a cold star. Yes. <clears throat> and you connect them by a conducting wire. Okay. 
so what you would expect is hot star heat will flow from hot star to cold star right that is what thermodynamics tells us it looks like there's a catch yes now <laughs> what happens is when the uh, normally heat flows from hot to cold body mm-hmm. the hot body loses temperature and cold body gains gains temperature but in the case of stars mm-hmm. what happens is when heat flows out mm-hmm. the star loses its original equilibrium mm-hmm. and it readjusts to that equilibrium and finds in him itself uh, not at lower temperature but higher temperature oh and the star which received the heat finds itself having lowered its temperature oh. so so hot star gets hotter and cold star gets colder now why is this happening because we are in concerned with gravity mm-hmm. and gravity has got something equivalent of negative energy right See, right so uh, once you bring in such objects your uh, concept of uh, what you call asymmetry that concept has to be modified interesting It, but yeah. you know that still makes one wonder where does time come into all this at least the way one perceives yeah. well, and understands man, time. many times uh, we uh, relate the state of a system mm-hmm. uh, to to that our notion of time mm-hmm. so if a system is gradually cooling mm-hmm. then we can say time is given by the temperature of that system and as time goes along this system is cooling further and further right so in that way you can devise a clock right which but it has to be linear it has to be uh, and the temperature has to pass and increase at the same yes, rate as it it it's it one certain linearity to it yeah it it would depend on the physics of whatever system correct. you are talking about correct so uh, that will uh, always be the case some question will come up sure sure it maybe will. we'll get back to this and unpack it further yeah. kriti when one thinks of time and arrows of time um what is arrows of time for a computer scientist like you well if you think about what we all feel we all know about time it's a continuous time that we are talking about yeah that's at least uh, that was at least true until 2 3 maybe 10 years ago when we all had these watches which had two hands and they moved in a continuous motion analog watches analog ones yes but now we have digital watches and people don't know what exactly time is unless it is a number which is shown on the screen yeah and they can't even conceive of a number which is in between those two yeah. the, the previous <laughs> digits and now and current digits whereas earlier you couldn't tell what the time was and if the hand was between the minute hand for example is between two of those markers so the notion right. of time has changed uh, without us being uh, aware of it yeah now this is in fact the reality with respect to computers okay computers know of ticks the time moves in ticks the flip flops the clock not cycle not quite flip flops it goes from one number to the next number okay now the granularity of the number scheme will determine the accuracy of the clock vis-a-vis the continuous time clock okay for example if you had a clock which was accurate up to 1/10th of a second uh-huh. there's no way you can measure on that computer anything of which a lower accuracy of a higher accuracy higher accuracy yeah So that has some implications as far as computers which control the real world 
process is and are there limits to that are there limits to how there fast are limits coming from clock? multiple sources uh, one is the the size of a word computer word which stores information inside a computer time is stored as a piece of information inside the computer right and as the clock the quartz crystal inside ticks if you will yeah that clock is updated by one more number one more one more value yeah and um, so because of the ticks being of a certain granularity lower granule elements of time notions of time cannot be represented in these computers that's number 1 number 2 is the amount of energy you need relating to energy in this case to keep that time moving at a higher and higher accuracy will become larger than is worth spending the energy on at for some applications so that's why people so this is the landauer's principle is somewhat similar to that no um i'm not sure, sure, sure. i'm not any, sure yeah, there could yeah. be a connection but yeah, uh, yeah. we haven't exploited sure. that connection sure, in any sure, way sure. so that's the implication okay you can be more and more accurate but the amount of space required to achieve that accuracy will be larger right and the energy required to maintain that accuracy will be larger so one has to trade off accuracy and energy with all the other aspects of designing a computer that's number 1 each of us if you think about a watch a digital watch has a notion of time sitting on our wrists and if you want these wrist watches to collaborate for They're example synchronized to uh, set the alarm at the same time we have to synchronize the watches yeah similarly if you have a multi processor application involving lots of computers each having its own clock they have to synchronize right now to the extent they they need to synchronize among themselves it's easy yeah but if they have to control a real world process like a an oven in some spacecraft yeah um then they have to synchronize with some real world notion of time yeah and that it's causes some more interesting, interesting problems it's very interesting uh, we can talk about that um, at some point so the question is if the if they are autonomous machines talking to each other by themselves and solving a problem which has no real world application real world application it's a synchronization simpler. problem right so synchronization problem um, how they synchronize will determine whether we have gaps in the time that they see each of them sees uh, for example i might de- decide that uh, my time is behind yours and yeah. yours is a better time yeah so what do we do we turn the clock you just reset it reset yeah. it yeah reset it or go move forward which That's means right. we lose some of the elements some of the time ticks in our in our world in yeah. my world yeah so that yeah. has implications yeah yeah if i'm supposed to do something every period of yeah. 10 seconds and i have lost some time those periodic activities have not have been, been lost have been way. lost yes. so that has some consequences in many applications so there are quite a few different notions of time uh, logicians in in computer science talk about branching time versus linear time uh-huh. uh, linear time is a single arrow in yeah. your in your terminology branching time be multiple arrows some of them could meet at some point but when you the... say branching time are they synchronized with each other no no they they're all possible possible worlds they're possible worlds right, right. and beautiful. one of the possible worlds will happen which one you don't know a priori yeah Mm. so mm. there are there's there's a connection between the time that people think about in the common sensical aspect of time versus the computer science aspect of time and they meet when you talk about cyber physical or real time systems right which right. have implications on the real world 
Right. Very interesting. I think we'll, again, these are very interesting stats that are opening up. Cecil, what is time inside some of the subatom- subatomic particles and th- fundamental particles where you spend a lot of time? Um, uh, what is time for an electron? What is time for a quark? Uh, let, let me start with the uh, statement made by Giant that what is time really is very, very difficult questions. And, uh, you know, the famous physicist John Wheeler, Yeah. Uh, when he started uh, talking about arrow of time, he first told, before discussing arrow of time, let us try to understand what is time itself. Yeah. And he made a statement, interesting statement, saying that uh, nature is such that it don't like to think put together. So we need a uh, concept which says that things are apart in the universe itself. Otherwise, all things come together. If it prevents is, things from all happening at the same time. Same time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then, you know, that... Uh, uh, so nature is just being lazy here. Just yeah. wants to make sure it spread the work out. Okay, it's so. nature is doing that way. We, we, we don't know how right. further we can go on. Right. And uh, uh, in fact, there is a conference in Slovenia. Uh, it's a NATO advanced study school. Uh-huh. Uh, more than 200 people are there. And uh, they are discussing on the nature of time. Yeah. And uh, as... Uh, uh, my friend uh, from computer science, he was telling that uh, the digital time or, you know, continuum time. Right. In physics, we have a debate. Uh, joint knows it maybe better than me. Sure. That uh, there is a scale in physics called Planck scale. Planck scale, of course. Yes. 10 power minus 43 second, Planck's time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, there are two. One is length scale, another is time scale. Yeah. 10 to the power 30, 33 Correct. Minus 33 centimeter or 10 to the 1 minus 43, 43 seconds. second. Right. So, they are both space and time, they are discrete. And, and it doesn't get smaller than that? No, it doesn't get smaller than that. So, the is, is, that, is that uncontroversial, Jayant? Uh, no, I think I would agree with what he says. Right. The, the shortest yeah. kind of unit of time is the Planck time that he described and as uh, it, it doesn't of course rule out anything smaller but we don't know any physics at the moment which gives a smaller time scale right so the smallest of particles can be the smallest uh, unit of, of time One, yeah sure uh, and and this is determined by uh, fundamental constant like Planck constant yes speed of light or gravitational constant. Right. Uh, and it raises immediately a lot of epistemological issues. Yeah. Like <laughs> what is beyond that Planck scale? Yes. Is there any concept of space? Is there any concept of time? Is there any concept of causality beyond that? Right. And our practical issue is that we are all working in physics and any other science with continuous time. So how starting from a discrete time or digital time, you can build up a continuum. 
Right, right, right. And that's very, very difficult issue. Kriti, is there a parallel to this Planck's time? Obviously, Planck's time is Planck's time. It'll be the same in different systems, whether they're cyber-physical or whatever. But how does this resonate with how you think about computers? So, like I said, each computer has a word length. Yes. That word length determines the, the, the analog of the Planck's constant for that computer. Correct. So if you have 32 bits, you can represent in different uh, ways of uh, storing uh, decimal parts of the uh, the number for example yeah um, so if you if you allocate a certain number of digits for the fraction part uh, or if you allocate more you get a different accuracy correct in the corresponding computer correct so in a sense there is a there is an analog of that in the computer world uh, but there's no limit as such i mean if you want to add more and more decimal places to your number you can add more and more bits to it, making it larger and larger. Please. Yeah, I, if I may interrupt. Please. See, I, I would like to express my view on this blank time and yes. the overall what is the shortest time yes. unit. Yes. Uh, astronomers know of pulsar yeah. giving a very stable time, yeah. uh, which is slightly more accurate than the nuclear time scale. Oh, is, is that yeah, so? Yeah, it, is, it has been shown that if you observe a pulsar for a long enough time, it will produce a stable... And what's that periodicity, Jayant? Uh, I, I think it is 10 to the power minus 14 or something. Yeah, of yeah, that sure, sure. Similar to that. Yeah. That's beautiful. So 14 now, seconds. So now my, uh, my, my objection to Planck time being included in the same thing is there is no operational way I can measure Planck time. Right. You know, because quantum gravity, as, as he mentioned, uh, Shishir mentioned that QFT you, you have to use yeah. G, H, cross and C, these Correct. three constants. Uh, the theoretical, fine. Basis is fine. Right. But if you want me to... There's no way to empirically verify that. Measurement of that, I can't. So I don't feel very happy of uh, happy with with uh, including Planck time as something which is well established pra in practical terms. Uh, let, let, let me add but, yeah, uh, one more thing uh, about digital time. It sounds like you're about to make it more confusing. So uh, no, uh, you know, even in our perception in brain, yeah. there is a uh, time called quantized time. Okay. It's 10 to 14 milliseconds. What it means that brain cannot resolve any conceptual or any thought process within that time period. 10 so this to is the synapse minutes. time or whatever. This is no, the time no, frequency no, of I can neurons. No, I, I can describe it. Like, what suppose, is quantized time? Yeah, suppose a uh, visual stimulus falls on my retina yeah. and then... Uh, the receptors will be active yeah. and the ions will be passing immediately through actions, through many, many actions Yes. and it reaches to central nervous systems. Yes. And then we uh, try to, brain try to interpret what is there. I mean, cognition happens in central nervous systems. Of course. Now, these actions, I mean, anatomically it is seen, the radius of actions are different. So, what does that mean? I mean, it's like a tube. Right. So, tube has a radius. Right. And right. different actions have different radii. Right. right. Now, 
suppose the ions are moving through the actions. Yeah. So because of the variation of the radius, speed of the ion will be different. Yes. So you think that there are n number of actions with n radii. Yes. And the speed will be n, n type of speeds of right. ions. Right. So there will be time delay when it reaches to central nervous systems. Right. right. And the highest and lowest time delay difference is 10 to 14 millisecond. Right. That is called quanta of time in brain itself. And that's physiological observation. That's not... 10 power 14? No, no. 10 power minus 14? No, no. 10 to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 10 to 14 milliseconds. Oh, 10 to 14 milliseconds. Sure, sure, sure. Of course. And how they found it? Uh, I mean, people found from experiments that when we are in waking state, uh, I mean, there are different type of brain waves. Alpha, beta, gamma. Right, right. And when we are in waking state, gamma rhythm or gamma frequency, which is around 40 hertz oscillation is predominant. Right. So, right. from 40 hertz oscillations, you can calculate the quanta of time, which is 10 to 14 milliseconds. So, even there is a problem, but uh, you can think, you, you can resolve the issue like uh, brain is kind of instruments. Yeah, it's a cyber-physical yeah, system. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's physical system, physiological system. It's not psychophysical. It's <laughs> real. Cyb- uh, yeah, sure, sure. It's a real, uh, it's a real anatomical s- structure. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if you think of the brain as a computer, and the and the things it's controlling are the is the cyber part in in what we are thinking about, but in your in your case, the uh, the, the body, the controlled system. Then the equivalent is, equivalence is established, I think. Right. No, no we, we don't think, most of the, not myself, I mean, most of the neuroscientists, they don't think brain is like a computer. The reason uh, is follows. Uh, still, there is debate going on what is meant by computations. And sub, I can give you one very simple examples. Like, uh, if I ask, I mean, giant is a physicist, if I ask, an apple is falling towards earth. At a certain height and certain point of time, If is it a meaningful question to ask whether apple calculates its speed or the at which height it is? In physics, we don't ask this type of questions. So in many, many brain functions, this type of things happens. Like you are walking in a street, and suddenly you saw a car is coming. It may hit you and kill you. Then suddenly you jump to the footpath. And if I ask, have you calculated the speed on by which the car was coming? Or have you calculated the time it takes to come to your place? We say, no, we don't know. So if I say the but aren't we aren't we getting into the subconscious uh, realm maybe that calculation happens instinct is a part of that there is an instinctive reaction then, then it, I don't know what type of sure, computation sure. it is doing sure 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 because sure. We, we tried to do one computation uh, that suppose there is a um, cartoon of milk in the refrigerator yeah and you are moving your hands to take the cartoon of milk from the refrigerator yeah so we, we made a heuristic calculation. Yeah. How much 
processing speed you need for this kind of computation. Yeah. With very simple assumptions, with taking a single motor neuron, yeah. the speed of the processor was calculated as one exahertz, which means million of gigahertz. Right. And right. no supercomputer has that kind of power. Uh, on the other hand, there is this notion of reflex actions, right? So right. Yeah. things which are built uh, into our system, we don't, we don't do computing. Pre-programmed. Pre in a sense. Yes. And computers are well known for that. There's a cache of, of situations and cache responses. Cache situations, right. And mm. uh, you, the system looks up the cache and says, what should I do? It doesn't have to compute on the fly for every possible situation that it encounters. Interesting. So that that's might be something that's going on there. Uh, no, again, there is a debate. I, I'll give you a small example, then maybe we'll, we'll go Please. to the main topics. Please. Uh, <laughs> the paper was published in Science uh -huh. several years before from Marine Biology Lab in Old Seoul, Massachusetts. Okay. The experiment is like that. Uh, uh, the biologist, he took an octopus from the deep sea mm -hmm. and put the octopus in a jar. Yeah. And inside the jar, he put another small jar yeah. containing one crab. Yeah. Is, uh, its uh, mouth was closed. Yeah. And then... Uh, the mouth of the upper jar was also closed. Yeah. Suddenly, he saw this octopus. He uh, opens the small jar and took the crab. Right. <laughs> he didn't have any experience before. So there is no question of learning how it happens. <laughs> sure. And, and it gives rise to sensation to the physicist and biological world. It was instinctively done. Or mm. <laughs> uh, then, then Genetically programmed and stuff. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll maybe pack that up and touch that up later. When one says space-time, Jayant, what, what one does one mean? Why does one use that phrase together, space-time? Are they truly entangled together? And does and why don't we talk about direction of time? And yeah, what uh, I find more easy to try to understand. I, I don't mean I'm easy to understand, but try to understand. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because the question is very intricate. Easy to pose, is, almost is impossible the, to answer. You know, we encounter time asymmetry in different contexts. So in cosmology, you see the expanding universe. Yeah. Which means if you take two galaxies, any two galaxies, yeah. and measure the distance between them, yeah. in principle you will find that that distance is, is increasing. increasing with time. Sure, sure. So if you took photographs of the universe at various times, you can chronologically arrange them right. based on the fact that you are using the notion of expansion as cause of time asymmetry. Expansion is, is the cause of time asymmetry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that cosmological time asymmetry. Yeah. Now you go to electrodynamics, which is electricity and magnetism. Yeah. And the laws say that electromagnetic radiation comes out. Yeah. Whenever an electric charge is made to oscillate. Right. Now, oscillation of an electric charge gives out... Uh, these waves which go up to infinity. <coughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Photons now, if you used. solve Maxwell's equations which give rise to this particular problem, yeah. you could in principle change t to minus t okay. and have a uh, So at the microscopic level you're saying it's time symmetric. Yeah. So because my Maxwell's equations are time symmetric, you can change t to minus t. And it works. You get 
waves converging from infinity on the charge and making it oscillate more and more yeah yeah powerfully yeah now this appears to us a strange kind of solution which is never found in real life right so you say that <coughs> only one solution is preferred and the other is not right right and right. that brings in a time asymmetry right just right. as in cosmology contracting universe was not preferred but only expanding universe gave rise to this notion of time in one direction right and then the third one is the thermodynamics uh-huh. of the kind with prigozhin and others were yeah prigozhin yeah that was to <coughs> have uh, a situation where the situa- uh, si- system is away from thermodynamic equilibrium, equilibrium and yes. it's trying to get to it yeah so you have an arrow of time yeah but you don't have the system going away from equilibrium so again one one direction right right so if we can relate these three arrows of time mm. i feel we will understand quite a bit about mm. time asymmetry mm. that mm. is my basic premise sure. i think sishir has some comment yeah <laughs> yeah I, i mean jayant is uh, talking about three types of arrows right. one is thermodynamic arrow one is related to expansion of the universe another is related to radiation arrow yeah or electromagnetic field yeah what he was talking yeah and uh, people normally try to understand it uh, using a concept called entropy yes so uh, i mean briefly or intuitively speaking entropy is kind of measure of disorderedness yes how how much the system is in disorder state yeah so entropy gives rise kind of measure so when we we say that there exist kind of thermodynamic arrow of time uh, we are associating uh, the state of the system with an entropy so and with increasing entropy no uh, there are two things one we need to understand concept of closed systems and concept of open systems right of so, course yeah so in case of in case of closed systems the entropy will increase like uh, there will be uh, heat is transferred from hot to colder place not the reverse way right i mean uh, say uh, water can freeze to ice and also ice can be made to water but so that's an open system open systems yes so for closed systems entropy will increase right right and the, and the question is not like uh, when we say that at the microscopic level the all the equations of physics they are reversible right right and on the macroscopic level we are talking about irreversibility so the question is not exactly how to or uh, deduce the irreversibility starting from microscopic reversibility mm-hmm. the question of uh, what is the state of the universe at the origin hmm. and they say that it is in the lower lowest entropic state hmm. Hmm. but why uh, people say it is in the lower entropic state hmm. i don't know the real answer maybe jayant can say why they take it right right <laughs> right no it is ha- hard to think of a logical connection i think but uh, the way i was thinking was to be able to argue uh, 
mm-hmm. that because the universe is expanding mm-hmm. electro ele- electromagnetic radiation mm-hmm. goes outward from an oscillating charge rather than goes inward inward mm-hmm. if we can show this we would have made a definite uh, progress right and right. what uh, what made me very excited as a graduate student mm-hmm. was the work which wheeler and feynman these mm-hmm. two distinguished physicists had done right what they did was instead of talking of electromagnetic fields mm-hmm. they went back to the action at a distance <coughs> concept where two charges interact without the medium of, of a field but yeah. directly across yeah the difference they made compared to what newtonian action at a distance was right was that they made it consistent with relativity that mm-hmm. the speed is of uh, is equal to the speed of light mm-hmm. whenever action travels between two electric charges Mm. So, so this seemed to work all right except that it led to more problems mm-hmm. that if two charges a and b are interacting mm-hmm. uh, interaction from a goes to b uh, at a later time so it's uh, reaction back according to newton's laws of motion the action and reaction are equal and opposite right the, so the reaction back will be backward in time wow <laughs> because everything has to be symmetric you see? right from right. here to there in distance here to there in time wow Re- mm. reaction has to be backward so something uh, would happen to that electric charge which you moved because it's very uh, in future a charge is going to react react in, back to this back with, to, with yeah. this so the how, quest- mm. question was how to understand this and uh, there is a whole long story and lot sure, of sure. work which went uh, including incursions into quantum mechanics right so uh, i feel that lot of progress has been made in that direction in understanding relativity i'm sorry uh, action at a distance uh, with regard to the nature of time or the asymmetry of time it's very interesting and 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 kriti when we think of computing just trying to link it with what jayanth is saying which is so beautiful what does quantum computing do is is there a little bit of time travel back when that I, happens and I'm, i'm not uh, much aware of quantum sure. computing sure but to me the question that is uh, that comes up in my mind is what is the connection between time as we see it in a common sense uh, uh, fashion Uh-huh. and the time that you were describing in the context of uh, these oscillations and time travel backwards having an implication for in, for uh, well, the physical uh, aspect of things uh, well i i take time as a uh, background uh, variable like space and time so three coordinates of space and one of time and uh, the issue that one takes for granted in the work i was describing is that the time which relates to cosmology that is change of state of the universe it expanding universe is the same time which is used for writing physical laws on the microscopic scale so in maxwell's equations the time that comes d by dt uh, terms mm-hmm. 
that tea is the same tea as used by cosmologists mm. mm-hmm. but what we want to do is relate asymmetries of the two so so maybe what he is trying to explain uh, time is associated with a kind of change change of state right mm. and this this concept was also discussed in our ancient philosophy too uh-huh. change and concept of time now uh, the issue for both of them touched uh, whether it is a linear ti- ti- time is linear or cyclic is time the cause or the effect no uh, let me see right suppose it is linear means uh-huh. there is past present and future right so we relate with a principle called causality principles right mm. cause and effect relationship right so if there is a cyclic concept of time uh-huh. then at a certain point we may come back uh, to that same moment in time same moment and right. we, are, we we can come back to the cause before the effect is manifested right <laughs> so causality principle is in trouble if we consider a kind of cyclic but concept of time how how does that come to be how does a cyclical conception of time even come to be no because mm. uh, how it, does one intuitively even try begin to understand that what does that mean uh, i mean joint knows it that there are some people who are con- constructing cyclic universe even mm. nowadays mm. Uh, and uh, that is not very naive i mean they are try- trying sure. to understand mathematically so he might be but i i want to, i was reminded of uh, some work which was done by dirac right uh, one of the founders yeah. of quantum mechanics yeah uh, he described the pro- classical problem that you got an electric charge uh-huh. and you hit it with a hammer yeah see then uh, it will start moving right but it will also have self action in also have self action self action mm. means its own electric right. field acts on itself right. and if you follow all the logical co- consequences of that you you find that the electric charge shoots off to infinity exponentially mm. that is the uh, its speed increases exponentially with time right and right. the constant is very very small so if you t- took that solution and said that this this can't be physically right mm-hmm. he said you can produce another solution uh-huh. which was like this that you got a charge sitting there yeah and you hit it by the hammer yeah now before you hit it the charge knows that you are going to hit it so it starts moving in anticipation that this hammer is going to hit and when your hammer hits it the acceleration it had developed is cancelled by that hit and the charge starts moving without acceleration at with uniform speed there is no infinity in the solution only thing is your time asymmetry is violated mm. because that charge knows Mm. it's going to be hit before it has been hit you mentioned causes Co- and uh, cause effects effect. coming yeah. in the wrong order mm. so that that he said logically this solution is also good mm-hmm. and it avoids infinities mm-hmm. and people did not know how what to make of that uh, premonitory it's very motion. difficult to get one's arms around that <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's no maybe i let me mention and joint uh, knows it definitely uh, I mean, Kurt Gödel, that famous mathematician, 
he was neighbor of Albert Einstein. Yeah. So, uh, Goedel found a solution of Einstein equation, which says that universe can be thought of as kind of rotating fluid. So, if it is a kind of rotating fluid, then their time travel will be in a cyclical path. Yeah. yeah. And Einstein, uh, the, that first moment he was not able to answer what will be the logical fallacy here. Yeah. Then Einstein told, he wrote in his memoir that physically uh, the universe starts from a big, big bang. Hmm. So, uh, this, even this kind of solution exists, it's not physical. Hmm. So, he hmm. tried to answer Goethe in that manner. Sure, but sure, mathematically, sure. there exist solutions. As Dirac found also Goedel, they found in the equations. That's very interesting. Um, I wanted to mention that there is similar to the space-time um, issue in, um, that you were discussing before, there is a space-time trade-off in, in computer algorithms. Okay. For example, if you take a set of uh, numbers... Uh-huh. and you want to do something with some computation with them, which involves some intermediate computations, storing something in a, in a variable and then using it later. The more space you have, the less time it will take for the algorithm to reach the answer. So okay. there, is a, there is an issue of how much space do you, get, do you need for an optimal solution to be, optimal time to be taken for the convergence to take place. I don't know what the connection is between that notion of space-time trade-off and what happens. And when you say space, you mean memory space. Memory space. Memory, memory space. space. Of course. Um, Maybe I can uh, give you a link. Uh, uh, in computer science, there is a concept called reversible computing, and Landau's principle. Right. So Landau's principle can be derived uh, starting from thermodynamic concept, thermodynamic framework. I mean, if you try to erase a bit of information, then uh, you have to lose a kind of energy kT ln2. That's the bound put right. by Landauer. Right, right. So there, as Landauer's principle is derived from thermodynamic, thermodynamics framework, so you can relate maybe with entropy. And there comes irreversibility type of thing. I, I am not sure, but you might be. Sure, sure, okay. sure, sure. Entropy also appears in a certain way when you do some computation, for example, if you take a set of numbers again and you sort them, uh-huh. you want to have less and less entropy because right. finally so when the things are sorted, they're not, they're not chaotic in their ordering. <laughs> so th- there are notions from um, the sciences which can be applied to the computing world also. Right, right. And, you know, if we think of the computing world, let's say in the last 50, 60 years, Kriti, um, how is the notion of time evolving and how is it different from the time when there were room-sized computers to today? Is it just a simple change of clock frequency and we're able to do more with uh, less? Or <clears throat> What's happened is that um, the synchronization problem that I alluded to at the very beginning, right. that has seen um, better solutions because things are happening uh, faster in terms of the connectivity for synchronization to take place. Uh-huh. Uh, things are happening at a much more accurate uh, level compared to those days. But are they conceptual breakthroughs? There are conceptual breakthroughs. Such as? There is a notion of probabilistic clock synchronization, for example. Right. Which mm. says that with a certain uh, probability, uh-huh. you can keep the clocks within 10 microseconds of each other. Right. And that has led to probabilistic algorithms for performing computations in parallel. Right. Uh, so the the 
the number of breakthroughs in that area is 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 going to be even larger than we have explored so far right and that makes it for a faster way of getting synchronization done especially uh-huh. in in for example things like automotive uh, applications uh-huh. Uh-huh. when you have c- processing elements attached to each uh, of the wheels for braking purposes right. if they synchronize then they can do things which are better than if they were controlled by a s- separate machine sending signals to all of them That's so there are some practical implications of that also but do you think absolute synchronization or whatever the right terminology is is it achievable um Uh, yeah, uh, is that something that is some kind of an <coughs> ideal you just uh, aspire to? Well, there is a notion of synchronous computing, uh-huh. synchronous computation, which is which people have used as a way to abstract computing, um, especially algorithms which are parallelizable, which re- require uh, barriers which you cross as the computing takes goes on. Um, they are still abstractions. Right. There are ways to achieve them in practice, but again with a assumption that computing itself takes the, the computation takes le- very little time or no mm. time pretty mm. mm. yeah, uh, if mm. i interrupt you is it a kind of similar thing happens in brain because uh, the neurons at the single neuron they act like a chaotic oscillator and but there is a synchronization among many many neurons or ensemble of neurons so there is also kind of probabilistic synchronizations happening otherwise we had malfunctions we we can't really move our hands or finger or blinking of eyes motor all the motor actions might collapse if there is no synchronizations yeah it's very similar to that very yeah. similar to that and uh, um it's interesting the, the, for example you're asking how do you synchronize yeah um you you have these gps uh, satellites from yeah. for example that continuously send signals you can con- connect with that and and adjust your clocks uh you can have Uh, between the clocks of m- multiple machines messages being transmitted yeah and you need to have on top of that algorithms to catch up yeah for example if your clock says 10 o'clock and the time says 11 yeah you'll have to get to 11 but you can't jump you yeah. want to go through the intermediate uh, steps of but the how do you go because even 11 11 so, would move forward so you just yeah, go faster so you'll you'll slowly catch up <laughs> you don't want to lose you don't want to lose a chunk of time sure because sure. certain computations may have to be done at 10:30 Sure. If you go from 10 to 11 those will be lost right so right. you'll have to be worried about those so there are some very interesting practical issues and of course many theoretical issues uh, right. also right right um is time travel possible a question addressed to all of you uh, well something uh, that all of us fantasize about uh, i once attended a seminar given uh-huh. given by novikov who is a relativist right and had worked with zeldovich from russian school Sure. So he described a solution of going through a wormhole. Yeah. And he said that that you you can turn back in time of the kind which Gödel was talking about and that was awkward. So here he said you can turn back in time. So is a go- wormhole similar to this rotational fluid yeah, yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So now uh, if you take that uh, as uh, as given Mm-hmm. then he was asked doesn't it violate causality right and the m- more graphic way of describing it is that you go through the wormhole and meet your grandfather and kill him, kill him. <laughs> then how are you in existence because yeah. grandfather must produce your father right. and if he is not there your father is not there so you can't be there 
Yeah. So how did this whole thing happen? That means there is a logical contradiction. Many paradoxical situations. Many. Yeah. So in that. Paradox and yeah. 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 So in in that context, uh, what, what 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 is your view? So he he said mm. he the point he went to stress was that there was no such possibility of your meeting your grandfather, because there was always a di- difference in space time coordinates between you and him. I I couldn't quite follow how we managed to sure, avoid sure. collision, uh, meeting them. Sure. But that was his defense. Uh, I don't know how to what extent relativists agree that with that as a. So, sir, what do you say? Solution. Is it possible to travel in time? No, what it, is easier going even forward? Even in New, New Zealand, you know, care. He he found a similar solutions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Maybe mathematically it's possible, but physically uh, we believe in causality principles. Right. This is one of the pillars in, in science. So, right. I mean, this created a lot of interest because of. H.G. Wells' book of time machines. Right. And then people tried to do it in hardcore physics or cosmology. But no, the, what Giant is telling, it creates the violation of causality principles. And that's one of the pillar of physics. Sure, sure, sure. And if there were to be no human beings, would time still be the way we think about it today? Is there an anthropocentric side to the way we conceive of time? What What is your take on that? Uh, no, I I think it's a mental concept, concept of past, present, and future. Is, is time an illusion? Yeah, time Do you think is time an illusion. Is an illusion? Yeah. <laughs> you would say that? Um, I I would say actually the time is is used more than it should be. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll give an example. Suppose you Please. want to reach. Um, IIT by certain time, yeah. And I, I want to meet a friend on the on the way and and join him somewhere along the way. But you tell him, suppose I want to be at IIT by ten o'clock. Yeah. I'll tell him I'll meet you at intermediate point at nine. Yeah. That nine is an artifact. Yeah. It's not a must. Yeah. We could sub, you know, go along along a path and meet along the way without having a notion of time attached to the meeting point. So that's what I mean by saying time is used more than we should, more than we need. And that causes some problems. But do we need time? I think we can it, we do it, without time. It eases our existence, right? Because I can't even describe to him where to meet if I don't have a notion of time. But there are cultures, I mean, very yeah, there are which don't um, have the notion of time. And no, no, what but, what is but, time for a crow? No, but uh, even if you look our ancient wisdom, yeah, the traditional philosophy, Shankho philosophy, uh-huh. they discussed a uh, lot relating to time. And changes and consciousness. Yeah, they are uh, they are not re- not ready to introduce time as a category. Right, 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 and right. So, so. Uh, and but is is I mean, from the basis of whatever we know neurologically, is time a very human thing? Do animals perceive time? Yeah, yeah, Do they cognize yeah. time? Yeah, because uh, our nervous system is more or less similar to many many animals. Right, that's interesting. That's and I can tell you, and Joint knows also, that uh, people discussed this asymmetry of time in case of quantum mechanics too. Uh-huh. Like uh, if you say that there is a colla- there is a concept of collapse of the state function. Right. So, uh, in within Copenhagen interpretation, the collapse of the state function or wave function indicates kind of arrow of time or irreversibility. But if you do believe in other interpretation, was he was telling branching of time we say that many world interpretation introduced by everett 
Right. Right. So what they are doing in computer science, maybe they have connections with uh, <laughs> many world interpretation. I mean, a web function is being branched in different world. And Kriti, you think of the arrow of time in a very discrete dotted arrow kind of way, don't you? No, no. I gave the example of this catching up yeah. as a way to talk about dash time. Right. Because right. there you're, you're going to miss some instances of time. Or you, you don't mind missing those instances if you know that there's no consequence on the real world uh, of those misses. <laughs> so it's not continuous. It's not discrete in a very uh, systematic fashion sometimes. Right. But it's, it is going to move from one instant of time in the continuous scale to another instant of time. Right, and, right, um, right. Jayant, why don't you spend the last uh, two, three minutes just wondering about what you believe is the most pertinent open question and where do you see this headed in thousand years for lack of a better well we have to think of it in the nature of time well I, I still keep feeling that to understand time asymmetry or one unidirectionality of time one needs to try to relate such unidirectionality in different fields and right. that's why I gave the example of cosmology Electrodynamics. And, uh, electrodynamics and uh, thermodynamics. Right. There may be other also inequalities uh, and isotropies also. Right. Uh, if one try to relate one to the other, uh, one may be able to understand the basic notion of causality, a causality, whatever you like it. Right. Uh, right. To describe that one needs to understand this uh, And let me ask you a somewhat provocative question. Is this an important question at all? I'm the, sorry, is, is... Is it an important question? The nature of time and time time symmetry or asymmetry, will it, will it solve... Is it a showstopper? Is it a showstopper? If you don't it, how important is no, it? No, I, I cannot dare <laughs> predict what... Please go ahead. No, I, I, I'm personally at the moment pessimistic. Right. Yes, but maybe something will come. Right. We, we need some new element in fundamental physics, I think. Right, right, right. Maybe what Bohr was emphasizing that we should start with the concept of information hmm. instead of the material world. The it from such. bit. I mean, yes, yes. So information is kind of digitized. It's not... Conti continuous in that sense. Yeah. So, um, if we start with informations, yeah. which, which is... Uh, so, the more digital physics kind of conception of yeah. the world and the universe in general. Yeah. And e even if you go back many thousand years before, in our philosophy, they say that Nada Brahma is kind of uh, sabda, you know, sound. So, that, that's kind of discretized also. Right. It's not continuum. Even in gospel, people say also, beginning there are wars only. Right. <laughs> so, uh, if you start, to, some people, even Wheeler, sometimes he was very fascinated to formulate whole physics in terms of information. Right, right. Uh, and nowadays in quantum physics, uh, people doing in quantum information, quantum computing, they are all using information. Even in brain... Uh, Information is very much the important. The quantized time is spoke yeah, about. So Riti, why don't we end with you and uh, see what last words you have to say to this and where do you think the future is headed from 
what are the top few interesting most interesting open questions relating to time in your world i think uh, re- reasoning about time is still going to be one of the important questions mm-hmm. what because, does that mean uh, for example if you look at machines today um we we do a lot of work in anticipation of some condition holding uh-huh. the condition is found to be uh, wrong or if you find that the condition the assumption of the condition holding is wrong then we'll have to back up to some previous state right. then the question of time travel backwards uh, and removing the effect of the f- previous forward travel uh-huh. on the real world becomes important <laughs> See what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, For example, course. suppose you, you, you the <laughs> bank allows you to over overdraw from your uh, account with the anticipation that you'll be able to overdraft do. so you can do yeah yeah yeah. Right? And you can't. Suppose you have a bankruptcy, you can't go back. How right. do you deal with that? How do you go back to the previous state? <laughs> so there are lots of issues like this when it comes to taking uh, state-based approaches to uh, time travel. Right. Because you may not be able to recover the state that you had occupied had seen before right um, so it is not a uh, so how do you deal with this in a real world because real world is full of such exceptions right right uh, that's going right. to be an important question what precondition sh- should you uh, should you uh, should you make sure holds before so that you can do time travel backwards any guesses um it depends on the domain Sure. and depend depends on the social norms right. um so a lot of other issues come up which are beyond science and technology That's but very on society so sure, sure, uh, can you say something about stock market because if you can time travel you can <laughs> predict you can see what is yeah. what it's happens. a good good note to end this on Pre- predictions yeah. are are happening much much more accurately today than it was possible 10 years ago Terrific, terrific. Thank you so much to all of you for making it, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. Look forward to having you soon again. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care.